Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back, mummers. I have such a treat for you today. This podcast interview is with one of my favourite people. If you don't know her already, you're about to meet Amy Cox, a spectacular mummer of four, a play expert, and the creator of Playful Families. Amy's here in this world to make us smile. <laughs> to make us laugh and to make us understand that the most important thing for us as mothers is connection. Connection with our children, with each of them individually, understand them, see them, really get to know them and then know how to play with them, what to do with them, how to support them and also connection with ourselves. She has spent a long time focusing on how we can better support our children and connect through play, but has also in that time realised that for mothers to be fully present with their kids, to drop the expectations of who their children should be, women also need to drop the expectations of who they should be, because that's how we can show up best for our kids. You're going to love this interview. Enjoy. Mama Movement, a weekly podcast dedicated to changing the conversation about what it means to be a mother and a woman in this day and age. I'm Amy Taylor Cabaz, author, mama, and former journalist. After spending 15 years chasing news and burning myself out trying to be superwoman, I realised that I was chasing a dream that no longer served me and since then have dedicated myself to understanding the transition that we go through as women when our whole identity shifts with motherhood. Every week I will bring you the very best insights and inspiration I can find to help us all change the way we feel about this time in our lives and create a movement that allows us to honour motherhood differently. Amy, 
one of my favourite people in the world. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a, an honour, an honour to be here. I'm pumped about this conversation. I know, and both you and I are just going to have to try and contain it a little bit because we could talk for days. <laughs> so um, we're just going to try and watch each other in, because we do get a bit carried away. I love it because you and I are both so passionate about mm. what we do. Many of my listeners will know who you are, your absolute infectious smile, the way that you talk to parents and families about their little ones, about how their brain develops, about play, and also what I really want to hear you talk about, how you support mums to let go of this real idea that play has to be a certain way and they need to be perfect to be able to be the best mum they can be. And I think that's so powerful, the way that you weave it into, yes, this is how you can set up the play area, but actually, can I talk to you about what you're telling yourself? I love how you do that. (laughs) Absolutely. So let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to you and motherhood and your experience of becoming a mama and how it's ended up now that you are so focused and passionate on supporting mums and, and children in this way. Oh, absolutely. So um, I'll try to keep this skinny. I mean, you know what I'm like. But <laughs> before I even stepped into motherhood, I was an award-winning teacher, Amy. So I had you know, all of these huge ambitions. I had all these huge expectations about what my children would be like and what I would be like. Um, And I guess the very first time I realised that I was going to be doing something with play was when back probably about a decade ago, my husband and I moved to China and we lived in China and we taught at an international school for a year. And I had these children in my class that, you know, were from all over the world. None of them spoke English as their first language. And here I am, you know, trying to teach them and I couldn't even communicate with them. And it was at this year that I learned that, you know, there is a universal language, even although they all had different, you know, cultures and contexts and backgrounds, there was this universal language. And the language was play. And this year, like, honestly, it transformed me and was sort of the first sort of step to bring me to where I am right now. And when I entered motherhood, I came in at it with this HD mentality. It's like, I know what to do. I'm the eldest of four kids. I'm the eldest of 14 grandkids. I've, you know, been around schools and my parents are both teachers and, you know, all of the things. And I've been around kids. I've been a nanny and I had all of the expectations of what it would be like. And then I was gifted for my first child, this beautiful son, uh, who was nothing like, you know, <laughs> I had anticipated. It's so, it's amazing how much of a gift our children are because we think we know, you know, what, who they're going to be, but they end up teaching us about who we need to step up to and who we need to be. Mm, beautifully um, said. And um, so he was my gift. And then (laughs) over the next five years, we had, you know, four children. We had three kids in three years and four in five years. And we moved up to the Pilbara when my youngest was nine days old. So away from family and friends and everything, the whole life that we knew, we just essentially started over with four children under the age of five, you know, like total remote place with, you know, 40 degree temperatures four months of the year and... It was here that I really softened into not only who I was, but who my individual child, children were, and just slowed down to the beat. And we, rather than, 
drumming to everybody else's drum, which we had been doing, you know, living with family and friends and everything, we finally slowed down. Um, and uh, to be honest, I really came home. I feel like I felt like I came home to myself. I came home to my family. And uh, that's when I launched Playful Families, uh, launched my membership. And, yeah, that's in a very tiny nutshell how I love it. I've got to where we are here, yeah. I love it. I know we have so much we want to talk about. Can we just pause first, though, and talk about the way that you just said you softened into the individual of each of your children? Mm. I love the way that you said that, Amy, because we do. And I know that even (laughs) when the second child comes along, there is an assumption that you know what you're doing now. And then the second child is completely different. They each need different stimulations they need different parenting they need different love in a way even though love is universal Mm. I love how that you've described that and I think that's what you do through play and your work is to allow mums to drop that uh, story that expectation of Mm. my child is four it should be doing this by now Mm. and instead soften into each individual child for who they are I just love that you touched on expectations, Amy, because that, I think that was just like the cloud opening ah, moment when like, like I came into my first child with all of the expectations. This is who I was going to be. And in nowhere in that equation did it take into consideration who he was. Mm. I was just like, this is what it's going to be like and he's going to be writing his name by the time he's three and blah, blah, blah. And I know all the things to do in order to get into that. But it was not coming from we, it was coming from I. And I think that this is exactly the power of what, you know, starting from, you know, we're essentially starting again every child we have. And it's this process, this to and fro process of getting to know the individual and not who you think they should be, not who the first child was, but seeing them for who they are and not for how they want for how you want them to be. And I think that this, for me, because my eldest slept through the night, Amy, like, I do not know how this happened. It's just who he is. Like, 12 hours from 10 weeks. You oh. know what I mean? So, it's like, 7, 7, 8, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Like, I didn't know what tiredness was. That's probably why we had, you know, I was pregnant again by the time he was eight months old <laughs> because I wasn't exhausted, you know. And my second son, I could have been like, what's wrong with him? Because he didn't sleep through the night until it was two. Like I had all the expectations of the first son, but rather than adding that pressure and expectation, softening into who he was and accepting that this is a process of getting to know each other again. Um, and the journey to parenthood I ha- happened another two, two times with my girls and um, that was in itself an adventure because the boys, with, like even with breastfeeding, they would just, you know, latch straight away and just there's no dramas. And then my girls had lip ties and tongue ties and it, it took a lot more effort. And had I not um, breastfed twice before, I probably wouldn't have thought that I could do it. So I just think this whole getting to know your process and coming towards each baby with that, like who are we? Not just who I think you're going to be, but how are we going to be together? Mm, I love that so much. But within what you've done with your work since then, 
I know in the beginning it really was focused on play and, of course, everything you've just said, getting to know your child and understanding what they need. Also, you have beautiful descriptions. Everyone needs to follow Amy on Instagram. In fact, I think everyone already does. Um, (laughs) Where you describe, does your child act this way? Then their type of play might be this. Like it's this really beautiful demystifying of all the different beautiful personalities. But you've now recently also moved into the space of really talking to the mother that, Mm. yes, this is about understanding your child, but it's also about understanding yourself. And maybe the, the trauma, the pain, the experiences that you bring to motherhood, because that's something that you've had to work through yourself now, too. Mm, absolutely. So um, my mum, Amy, as you know, but for everyone who doesn't know this story, has quite serious mental health issues. You know, this is something that she struggled with. Her father actually took her his own life back when she was a child. So there's this whole element of trauma that she brought to motherhood. And I think it doesn't matter about you know, you could have a list and list and list and know your child inside out and have all of these ideas and have this perfect place area set up and have all the perfect toys and all the perfect things. But if you within yourself are finding yourself triggered by certain things, if you're reacting in a way instead of responding to who your child is, then we're blocking that connection. And so when I started noticing this happen in my play squad membership where we talk about the child and let's start from them and let's look at what behaviours they're displaying so we can find ideas to suit their individual self, what I started seeing was that even although the parents were leaning into who their child was, they were totally neglecting themselves in the process. And we have one of our founding values in Playful Families is when you grow yourself you grow your child. And when I started going through this healing process with my mum, myself, I realised that this is something we actually need to talk to. Um, You know, I know you you talk about the village and with all your programs, you do the village so beautifully. But so often as parents in our generation, our village is social media and we're looking to these picture-perfect things on the internet thinking, well, that's what that chick does. You know, that's what it's going to look like for my family. And I think that when we start from ourselves, from this inside out, recognising, oh, I'm getting curious without judgement. I'm like, how is that making me feel? My child is acting in this way. Oh, I think there might be something there. And so that's how the Smile Connection was born. And that's, yeah, we're sort of looking at this family dynamic in this holistic way. Rather than it just being about the child, it's equally about who we are, yeah, as parents and, and, and as individuals as well. And so if it's okay to ask, how yes. have you come to peace with the the experience of mother mothering that you mm. had growing up, um, coming to peace with your mum's own experience of this um, and being able to recognise whatever it was inside you to be able to now show up so well? Oh, I mean, so I feel like I, my whole that's why I was so invested in teaching and everything was stemmed from that. I had the, I know who I'm not going to be, you know, I know who I'm not going to be. I know how I'm not going to act. I know what I'm not going to do. But what I found, and you might have found yourself doing this as well, but I found the words coming out of my mouth that my mum used to say to me Mm -hmm. and going back to these subconscious reactions. And that really, that was a really big thing for me. And so, um, I'm really interested in Dan um, Siegel. He's one of my absolute gurus. And he talks about this, you know, inside-out perspective. And when I started diving into this 
and really softening into these expectations I had of myself, stop judging myself so harshly. Um, and then I started being able to make change within that. And honestly, it was the most beautiful gift because I think for so long I had the things I wasn't going to do and I wasn't going to be like her and all the things. But actually she did the best with what she had um, and she didn't have permission she didn't have permission to heal. She mm-hmm. just hid it all within inside herself. Um, and this is something that I'm really passionate about because we can sit on these feelings. We can sit on the guilt. We can sit on all these things that we wish we weren't like or we wish we didn't do. But when we actually get curious and observe these things without judgment, then we're able to make positive changes that benefit us as well as our family. Oh, you've just said something that I haven't heard you say before that gave me all the goosebumps. We love the goosebumps. Mm. Permission to heal, that your mum didn't have permission to heal. And that's that's really kind of caught me in my throat because I do think previous generations and mm. even within these times, there's people who really are suffering. They've got so much to heal. But the world that your mum would have lived in, mental health Mm. was not an openly discussed issue. It's not, you know, I mean, the way my children now talk about mental health is phenomenal. It's the same (laughs) as like we used to talk about five serves of veggies every day. You know, it's as common an understanding now as eating your veggies and brushing your teeth. But back then, there was no permission to heal. And we now have to realise that this is what we need to give each other, the space, the permission to bring it to the light, to heal it. Mm, Yes, absolutely. Wow. I've never thought of it that way before. That's really Mm. powerful. So within your work, when mums come to you and they realise that there's something there that is within them that they need to look at first, what do you say to them? How do you start this process of really beginning to, I guess, permission to heal and to then parent the way that you want to? You know, Amy, so much of it is judgment. You know, so much is we've just got these harsh expectations and you speak about it as the inner mean mama. But just recognising that, you know, yeah, humans are meaning-making machines, but the thoughts that, got, that happen, the things that we think inside our minds affect us to such a deep level. And this is something that I don't think people actually realise. I didn't realise until, you know, the last few years. And just realising that the stories we tell ourselves matter so much. And so when you notice, the first stage is just observing, noticing, oh, wow, like, that's mean. Like, where did that come up? And getting curious without judgment, you know? Like, oh, that's a story. And rather than being like, oh, why am I thinking that again? Oh, da, 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 you know, mm. being like, wow, just that curiosity. Because judging just amplifies the way we feel internally. And so noticing, oh, wow, that's, that's something that comes up. And so that's where we start with many, many of our mamas that come into us, just noticing without judgment. Yeah, I love that. The first element that I always focus on too is kindness Mm. and compassion. And then from there, you can start to rebuild a new way of thinking, right? It's then beginning to to change it after you've been curious of it. Is it then the next step is to kind of, I don't want to sound too um, scientific with it, but it's like Mm. reprogramming. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that the next step? Absolutely. And seeing what do you want to be remembered by? Like when, so often we think, and and again, this is totally me. Like I knew what I didn't want. 
I didn't want to be like this. I didn't want to react that way. But all of my energy, focus, attention was on what I did not want. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, what actually do I want? What? And, and rather than these, you know, um, this big picture vision coming from this external source or coming from this vision of what you thought it was going to be like, actually getting clear in the context of who I am with the context of my family, what do I want to be? Who do I want to be? And so once that's clear, then we can start realigning ourselves and reprogramming, as you said, to step into that version of ourselves instead of, you know, just reacting the way that we've been literally programmed our whole lives to react. Mm, Exactly. And you have a really beautiful mantra that I love um, about connection or a Mm. question that you ask yourself and that Mm. all of your members ask. Can you share it with us? Absolutely. So when we're our little people having a moment, you know, so often, again, we go to that judgment, I can't believe it, but our, what we always ask our members is how would I respond to this and not react, but how would I respond if my goal was connection? Mm. And by asking these questions, it just allows that opportunity to pause and recalibrate, like, where is my reaction coming from? Is it coming from this pre-programmed thing that I've had no intention about or is it coming from this higher version of myself and stepping into this idea of who I want to be and so for me that has been such a powerful pattern interrupter for instead of just flying off flying off the handle you know reacting to actually respond because then it brings it back to who your child is Mm, as well because that's Mm. what the connection is exactly And, and I was just thinking unconsciously we're probably responding with the goal of discipline Mm. or um, control Mm. and that's why that that's why that is so powerful is to switch it to say what how would I respond if my goal was connection I love Mm. that it's a totally new way of thinking too because I think so often we think that oh well crying equals bad or you know tantrum equals bad but when you look at a two-year-old and everything that's happening in their internal world when they start asserting their self when they start asserting their independence like that's actually a really significant development in terms of what's happening in their little brains and when we recognize that oh my goodness this is actually a good thing not a bad thing then we can start to respond to what's happening for them and enforce that connection instead of severing it and so what does connection in those moments look like? Can you give us some examples? So yes. for those that are really like, yeah, I don't even know what that would be when my two-year-old's having a massive tantrum. What is connection in that moment? What are some things we could do? I think so often, like, we hear about this and it sounds permissive. Like, mm. it's like, well, I'm just allowing them to get their own way and they're spoiled and blah, blah, blah. But actually having empathy and seeing, like, you know, even although to us, logically, it doesn't matter, dude, if you've got the blue cup or the red cup. And no, you can't wear your gumboots when it's 45 degrees. And you can't wear that Elsa dress because it's got a hole in it or, you know, all of the logic, logic, logic. But our little people, they're not governed by logic. They're governed by impulse and the part of their brain that is this feeling part of their brain. And so in order for us to redirect their behaviour, getting down on their level and say, yeah, it's hard when, you know, your brother tips your towel over or it's hard. And then we can positively redirect. Um, And for us and our family and all the people, mamas in my program that I teach, it also is recognising that little, our children, they've got, this innate need to feel felt and this drive for connection and also this drive for power. 
And so for our toddlers, like, we have got so much control, especially when you think about our current climate. Like, they've got no control over their environment. They've got no control of when they eat. They've got no control of when they have their bath. They've got no control over any of that because we're the boss. We're the ones that tell, okay, time for this, time for that. And so scheduling in our day opportunities to fill their, not only connection bucket, but their power bucket as well by offering them choice. Like, would you like to wear your green shoes or your yellow shoes? Like, and the, it's like, we, we call it the conditional yes. Like, it actually doesn't matter what the outcome is, mm. but it still makes them feel felt, feel like they're important and feel that power. So we sort of have a, you know, a reaction, you know, reactive strategies, but we also very proactive in recognizing that, yeah, this is actually going to happen. This is what toddlers are all about. And we can view it like this negative time, or we can then have different little tips and strategies throughout our day to sort of navigate this time with more connection in mind. I'm just so grateful that you do what you do because as I'm listening to all of this, I think to myself, bit of a swearing warning here, mamas, if you've got kids, (laughs) I think to myself, shit, this is hard work. Mm. (laughs) Like you really need to be steady, conscious, aware to be able to navigate these moments of flash moments in parenting. And that is why we need these villages to, because Mm. we were meant to be with each other, watching how each other did it, learning from each other. And now we're all so isolated, so independent, so autonomous. We need these beautiful spaces like you've created where we can go in and be like, oh, is that what I'm meant to do when my two-year-old refuses to wear that? I just mm. It's so important that we have these spaces to learn together. I'm so grateful Absolutely. for what you do. Oh, I love what I do so much. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't she spectacular, everyone? Oh, I love Amy so much. Um, I will put all the details of Amy's programs and work and Instagram where you will learn so much and it's just such a beautiful world to be a part of. I'll put it, pop it all in the show notes. So thank you so much, beautiful. Oh, thank you so much, Amy. Always a pleasure. I've known Amy Cox for a couple of years now and her energy is one of the most infectious I have ever met. You can understand why so many thousands of women follow her, listen to her and love her because her approach to children, to us as mothers, is so enveloping. It shows us that it's not about getting it right. It's about having fun. It's about dropping the expectations. It's about focusing on connection with ourselves and with them. That's what they really need. Please go to the show notes to see everything that Amy does through Playful Families, her programs, her membership, all of it. You will love it and you will be forever grateful that she's come into your life. Until next week, Satnam.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.